my eyes seem to peep With my lips choose not to speak But ooh, wait, what this pen with ink I think my pen may be at it again Bringing life to pages with letters, sounds, words, envisioning Sentence structures that paint the truth into pictures Because you despise reading I was thinking if my pen began its pinning behaviors I see the unnecessary mass need for more conjunctions Get rid of that pile of save this for later Commas in place to remind me which way this message is to be delivered I picked up a bird's feather when I ran out of ink Candle wax Press play and continue Cause even when my pen is down I continue to think these words cannot write themselves They need my lyrical instinct Connected to the pronouns It's profound The locations of people's value Like manners no longer matter And someone burned the morals Etymology breaks down roots to their words, so tell me, where have your roots got you? Ancestral ink taught me better than that, so my rhymes got popped back into line. Correct my language before I commit a haiku of crimes. Guilty until proven innocent, cause legally it's my pen, but they getting ready to take mine. But these rhymes bring in the energy of a new pen. So I scratch my head, I think to myself, my pen may be at it again Cause there's a message that y'all missing When my page begins speaking Cause this ink be inking with no hesitance Cause who gon' come for me? I heard the Tower of Babel It looked like Sodom and Gomorrah Poets' voices sound like the voices of Jericho All words take down enemies Pen be doing its pen thing Got you over there listening Eyes opening, reevaluating If you're using your pen correctly my mind blows mine so much they took the lines off my paper. Don't restrict me. Not sure why you're minding the business that is mine. I pen peacefully, leaving and leading generational legacies that even after I'm gone will continue breathing. So there is no rest in peace for me, respectfully. Soul Sessions. You ready, my man? With Poetic Black. Ain't nothing holding me back but me and who's holding you but you but you. Check this out, man. Spoken Soul Sessions. Oh, my God. This is Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Bold stances and looted dances got us here. You are listening to Spoken Soul Sessions with Poetic Black. We start from scratch, exploring new possibilities. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Spoken Soul Sessions. I'm your host, Poetic Black, and I'm happy to be here. 
Spoken Soul Family, what's good? We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. I hope, I hope you're on your path today. I hope you're not allowing anyone or anything to impede your progress. I hope you focus on the goal. Today is the day we shine. Get in tune. It's time to get busy. Spoken Soul Family, what's good, what's good, what's good? We got another dope show lined up for you guys today. Oh my goodness. It's going to be a scorcher. I mean, I, you, you guys know that uh, I transitioned, you know, and I brought the podcast over the clubhouse, you know, where, whereas we can engage with the listeners. You know, clubhouse is a platform that you can connect with all over the world. And um, it was it was a uh, an opportunity for me to engage with the listeners. So I brought you know spoken soul sessions over the clubhouse man and clubhouse is like chock full of so many dope artists i mean the poetry scene on clubhouse is like phenomenal and um it's so many dope artists and this sister today i had the pleasure of hearing a feature of her over on clubhouse man and i and i just thought to myself yeah i, I got to get her on the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast. So let me give this sister the proper introduction she deserves. I'm talking about none other than Mysterious. Mysterious fell in love with performing spoken word poetry in February 2007. Since then, she has performed on multiple stages across the country, interviewed and featured on radio stations, podcasts, virtual events and open mics as well as released two poetry books completely blessed and completely poetic a birth defect as well as a fictional uh novel entitled talented and complete her recently released album y'all don't hear me though is streaming on all streaming platforms as her love of poetry and performance continues to grow so does her involvement in the poetry community. She is poetry in motion in the form of an artistic vessel. Be on the lookout for Put It In Park with Mysterious on uh, a YouTube special coming November 4th. Ladies and gentlemen, Spoken Soul family, uh, with no further ado, let's welcome to the studio the beautiful Mysterious. What's going on with you, sister? What's going on with you? What's going on, poetic black greeting, spoken soul sessions? How y'all feeling? Oh, man, it's so beautiful to have you in the studio, man. I mean, uh, I'm going to say it off rip. You know, I think you're a dope artist. You're a phenomenal artist. And uh, we we know that you just had, you recently had an album release. We're definitely going to get into that. But before we get into that, we got to get into the formalities of the show because my audience will kill me if I don't ask you the number one question. So, Mysterious. And the reason why I ask this question is because I want to get the perspective of different artists. You know, I, I interview a lot of artists 
and I want to get the um, perspective of different artists. So I'm gonna ask you, Queen, mysterious. Why poetry? Why spoken word? To be honest with you, poetry and spoken word found me. I'm just a lover of words. I'm a vet here to deliver a message. Mm. And a lot of, you, you see, a, a lot of the artists that come on the, um, on the show, you know, they, you know, it's like a consensus that poetry was either, you know, life-saving or life-changing. You know, and and I and I agree with you, and I agree with that sentiment that poetry found you because I feel the same way. I can really resonate with that, you know, because like I was really a person unlikely, very unlikely to be a poet. You know what I'm saying? Like the kind of lifestyle I was living, and you know, when I was younger growing up, it was like poetry was looked at as being something that was soft. You know. Like I always had that underlying urge within me to want to write, you know, I always had a way of like articulating myself, but I, I was a, a real big thinker as a kid. And um, it, it'd be a lot of stuff that's be going around in my head and and um, poetry was that release. So I really dig what you're saying when you say that poetry found you, you know. Now, I want to ask you because this track that we played in the beginning in the beginning of the show you know uh my pen is at it again is that the name of the track yes now now this 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 track man it got it's just something about this joint that grabs you man like tell us a little bit about the concept of the track and you know i'm saying the production of it man because like that beat, man, it just it just comes and it grabs you and it just pull it pulls you in. So tell us a little bit about that. So the melody is actually something that I came up with myself. It was something I would used to walk around and just hum. Eventually I recorded it on my voice recorder and just hummed it. Mm. And when I decided to do this album and decided to do this track, um my my engineer, my producer, he rebuilt it in the studio and was like, is this what it is? Send it to me. Like, I sent it to him just the way you hear it in the background is the way I was humming it. Minus my my back, my, my back of your wingman. Shout out to your wingman because he <laughs> did the vocals on that. But aside from that, that's exactly the way you heard it. And then he just rebuilt it. And I was like, hey, put this piece with it. And it just, it meshed together, married so well. And Clubhouse. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. I'm on Clubhouse. There's writing prompts literally every day, all day. Mm-hmm. You can hop in whatever room you want to. So I get into this room. I meet some fellow poets and we're doing doing writing prompts. Sometimes your prompts send your pen in another direction. Mm. And so after doing a writing prompt, it led to this particular piece and a few others, so to speak. But it led to this piece and this piece actually it hit so hard. It's actually number two main main played right now on all the streaming platforms. Spotify's got it up there. lit. Yeah, man. Like, I, 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 yo, it's a dope track. And uh, tell us. But tell us a little bit about the album. Like uh, you just released this album this month. It was on the 16th. You you released it now. Tell us like the making of this album. Like what was the, you know, the overall theme of the album? So the title, Y'all Don't Hear Me Though, is because I'm very, I'm real quiet. I'm really soft-spoken. I kind of observe more than speak. 
in in a lot of situations. But sometimes being too quiet could be an issue when you do speak and people don't really listen to you. So mm-hmm. yeah, y'all don't really hear me though. So this, so once I got into the the making of it and gotten like halfway through this particular album, it actually turned into a trifecta. See. It's gonna pop, and that's something that was released at the party with the the trifecta and the album release party. We talked about some special announcements. There's gonna be a part two and three to this. Y'all don't hear me though. Oh, because I'm really digging the concept, and the album got it got replay value. Like one thing I liked about the album when I was listening to it on um Spotify is that you know every track. You know, it was like leading to the next and it was like one of those joints you can just bump all the way through. You didn't have to skip nothing, you know, and you just you can just vibe with it, man. So I really dug, you know, the overall theme, the overall feel of the album, you know, and um, your cadence, your cadence. Now, let me ask you, did was you ever a slam poet? I'm fairly new to slam poetry. I'm actually getting introduced to it right now. I would say this is my first official year actually being consistent mm. in slam. Oh, okay. So, touching, I could... I'll be touching big stage here in a couple of weeks. Um, Guys and Goddesses Slam in, in Rockford, Illinois. Shout out to Goddess the Warrior. Mm. We're going up there to, to, to slam. It's a 2200 on the line. Oh, that's a good one right there. <laughs> that's a good one. Because, like, slam is so much is so much different than just, you know, being featured. When you're featured, you know what I'm saying, it's really the ball is in your court. But when you're slamming, you're competing. And then you got these judges that's judging your work. And uh, I really think that you would do great in slam. You know, with your cadence alone, your cadence, you have you have one of those cadences that demands attention. And it's not one of those cadences that you have to scream or yell. It's just that you have a voice. You have a voice that that pretty much, you know, it demands attention when you spit. So when your pieces, even when I heard you on Clubhouse, that's just one of the reasons why I decided to seek you out and um, try to get you on the show was that it was your cadence. Your cadence was like. It was very powerful. It was very compelling. It drew me in. And I'm like, yo, I like this sister's cadence. And your wordplay is just phenomenal. Now, you used to rap. Did you? Was you ever involved in hip hop? No, actually, I wasn't. I, before I answer your question, I want to thank you for the compliment. I appreciate that so much. You have no idea. But no, I've never been a rapper. I've never been into rap. I just. Because mm, you, oh. definitely, you definitely got a flow. You got to flow, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think it's like it's like a little touch of hip hop, you know, the way you the way you read your stanzas. But it's it's purely poetry. Like you can see that, you know, you can tell the difference when you have uh, a rapper, you know, what I'm saying trying to do poetry. And then you see the difference when you have a poet trying to be a rapper. You can see the distinctions between the two. But with your cadence and, you know, your performance of what I've heard from you so far is like you have a perfect mesh between the two. You know, there's parts in your poems where you flow and then there's parts of your poems when you settle down and you and you spit and you you perform spoken word. And I think that's phenomenal the way you can transition between the two and it's crazy to me because you say you don't have a rapping background. You know what I mean? But you definitely got that rhythm, though. I hear that like I hear that a lot because I actually write in bars. 
I write mm. in stanzas and bars. So I write like a rapper, but spit like a poet. Mm. And I've been told that by people who like they take a glimpse in my notebook and they're like, you write like a rapper. You actually put bars at the end of your bars. And I'm like, yeah. Mm. <laughs> so that's so what he, it is. I see now. That's what it is. <laughs> because I, I, I hear it. I hear it in your cadence. So that's what it is. You write like a rapper, but you spit like a poet and you can, you can definitely, you can hear it. You know, there is a little nuance, but you can really hear it. Like, like me as a lover of the spoken word, I pay attention to little things like that. And, um, wow, that's, that's deep though. That's deep, but you're phenomenal sis. And I want to get, I want to get you acclimated with my audience because I want my audience to be able to hear you. You spit live. So uh, let me set the stage up for you. You know what I'm saying? You're going gonna to spit a few pieces today. You know what I'm saying? But let me set the stage up for you, for you to do your first piece. And let's get into the uh, discussion of that piece. All right. So coming to the stage, let's give a warm, warm welcome to our sister, Mysterious. What's on your mind? Cause you have been acting different lately, girl. What's on your mind? Lately, we haven't been spending enough time. Because that itch in my hand has been there for quite a long time. Got him wondering and questioning what is on my mind. See, I was nine when we fell in love. Birds singing and greeting. I had some weird obsession with doves. Not even sure I truly knew what that was, but love became defined as poetry. Verse by verse. The power my pen holds when I hold it makes my ink squirt. And though I came from my mother's womb, my pen knew me first. Too much of me hurts when my pen is restricted. So much value in my ink, they label me talented and gifted. Audiences of speechless, offended, maybe fighting other emotions, but my best friend be my pen. First to know all of me, very protective of me and always ready to throw them hands. And at times when I be ready to give up, my pen be like mysterious together. Yeah, we can. And I'll be like, well, damn, daddy, let me give you all of my attention. Focus on the assignment, edit, flawless execution, motor combat to be simulies, fatality, finish him, finish them rhymes. Because life tells me it's my success that hurts. So I smile and laugh at the tears on the paper because I survived some of the worst. Harley Quinn to the words because my pen knew me first and will be here to the death of me. Suicide squad damage. We write through this shit therapeutically. Upside down in this cage of adverbs. They all think I'm crazy, but it doesn't faze me as I add to these verbs, metaphors, and type sonnets. I still remember my first stage burst that made me fall in love with my pens knowing of all I had bottled up. I froze my first time on stage. The adrenaline was just too much, but what a fucking rush. And apparently, I needed that release. Because I fell in love with my pen before I even got a chance to know me. So no matter what I'm going through, my pen always seems to know what I need. So smoothly, he steps in. He asks me, what's on your mind? And after so much needed quality time, I say, hi, off our vibe. Because you've been acting different lately, girl. What's on your mind? Wow. All right, so 
take us, yo, take us into this piece. Take us into the construction of this piece. What what inspired the piece first? What inspired? Um, another clubhouse prompt. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> we were in the we were in there just kind of uh, really kind of letting our minds, imagination, and flows go with the different ways your pen. Um, how you how you feel about your pen and it, honestly my pen is my best friend and mm. growing up in life I've had best friends that weren't solid and I ended up walking this life solo so my my best friend has been my pen from the start of chaos until this day dope dope cuz like that like that that concept that's a personification piece you know and you're talking about the pen you know, and you're making all these parallels with the pen is dope, man. And my first album, right? It was, it was called the ink of a poet. Now poets got, you know what I'm saying? Like we have a certain relationship with our pen, you know what I'm saying? Like the, the, not, not a Pacific pen, any pen, you know what I mean? Like I'm one of those poets, like I'm, I'm, I'm old school, I don't type my poet my my poetry. You know, you know some people they write their poems in their phone. Like I can't do that. You know, what I'm saying? I've written poems like when I've got inspiration to, to just you know write a poem and I have no paper. I would you know what I'm saying put it in my notes or whatever the case may be. But on on average, I'm a pen and pad type of guy. So I like to just get my pad and I got poetry books on poetry books books. And I'll just scribble my my poems and books because I feel there's something more intimate by writing your poems down. And they help me memorize better too when I write it down. But that 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 connection or that that relationship with one's pen. And I thought that this piece right here, it was a, you know, it was a it was a good like a, a beautiful, you know, I, I want to say accolade, you know what I'm saying? Or ode to your pen. And it was, it was, it was profound. I really dug that piece, man. It was dope, man. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. That's on the album too. Yeah. Now, now that, what'd you call it? Yeah. I did see that that was on the album. Now l- let me ask you about the album. You said that it's, it's streaming pretty much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Is on Apple, is on Amazon, is on Spotify. So it's pretty much anywhere. So, and tell them the name of the album one more time. It's called Y'all Don't Hear Me Though. Um, broken down into the acronyms of the first letter of each word. Mm. And uh, trust me, y'all, y'all won't be disappointed, man. Like, really support this sister. Go and get that album. It just dropped. And uh, definitely support it, man, because I, I heard the album and... I'm not gonna I'm not gonna steer you guys wrong. It's a dope album and it got replay value. Like for real, for real. So now tell us, tell us. Poetry. You've been a poet, you've been writing poetry, uh, I believe you said what, 20 years or 22 yeah. years? Yeah, that sounds about right. 20, 22? Yeah. So like so 22 years you've been writing poetry. So tell us. When would when did you write your very first poem? Um, my very first poem, I can say I w- was written 
when my mom, my mom had a huge health issue. It was when she first was diagnosed with diabetes. Mm. A lot of people think it's just common that you have diabetes in the family, but they don't really understand how you first go through the diagnosis. That diagnosis can be just as scary as maintained throughout the life. So um, that's when I was first introduced to it. That's when it was, hey, you should try poetry. Have you ever, because of the way you love words, because of the way you write, because of the way you speak. Um, so that was the, the initial start of what started me writing poetry. I got to say the, the first poem that I think I did above and beyond and did extra for was a poem I had wrote in dedication to my dad. Mm. My dad passed away when I was uh, barely old enough to walk. Wow. Sorry to yeah. hear that. So uh, my first poem I wrote that I was so excited about, I wrote to him, you know, put it on pretty print and paper. And I was a little disappointed with the reaction that I got, but it didn't stop me from writing. Mm. So let me ask you, you say that, have you ever had a time where you've performed and there's been a bad performance and it, it kind of discouraged you from doing poetry? Um, I don't think any performance has ever discouraged me from poetry mm. um, ever because my very first performance, as you heard in my, my opinion, I froze mm-hmm. and my first, my first performance was a poetry slam. So um, it, what it did was it geared me towards a different form of poetry. Mm. Uh, I stopped. I didn't go back to slam stage. I went more towards just performance stage, just open mic stage where I could be a little more free mm. with, not feeling so restricted or judged. I feel you. And, and 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 that's the dynamic between the the performance and the um slam. And you know slam artists man, <laughs> yo, slam I consider myself a slam artist because that's how I was introduced to poetry through slam, you know? But I I kind of I kind of love performance poetry better. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love to just go out there and just do my set. So if I got a show coming up and I just do a set, I would prefer that than competing. But I'm not going to lie. You know, there is a certain part of me that that kind of yearn for the competition aspect of poetry. You know, when you when you when you've been doing it so long and you be like, wow, you see a slam come up and you be like, Man, I'm getting in that just for the hell of it. You know what I'm saying? Because it's that that want that competition. So I understand both dynamics between the two. But I say now, you know, at this stage in my career, I would I would much rather, you know, go out and perform, you know, just do do shows or whatever the case may be, as opposed to competing. Like, I don't I don't really slam as often as I used to slam like back in the days. But uh I definitely understand the two dynamics between the two of them. And if you had to choose one, which one would you choose? Um, honestly, I enjoy, I enjoy doing sets. I really, really enjoy doing sets, but, but, and I, and I'm going to say it this way because I have a very sports type mindset. I mm. play sports in my life. What, what so, sports you play? Ooh, you want me to make that list? <laughs> oh, you play that many sports? You yeah. play? Do you play basketball? Yes. You do? I'll crack you. I'm letting you know that right now. I'll crack you. I'll break your ankles. <laughs> I'll crack you in some ball. You know what I'm saying? But nah, you, you. <laughs> other personal health issues and restrictions, I would take you up on that offer. <laughs> 
Yeah, I yeah, but, but basketball, like I don't, I do ball, I play ball, you know what I'm saying, and I box. That was my thing when I was really growing up. It was between basketball and boxing. So that it, you know what I'm saying, the sports aspect, especially basketball. I love basketball though. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, go ahead though. What other sports you play? I played basketball, volleyball, ran some track, I did some taekwondo. I mean the list kind of <laughs> Kind of goes, kind of goes. So when it, so let's go back to poetry. <laughs> let's go back to poetry. When it comes to the difference between slam and performance, because of my sports mindset, I don't. I feel like sometimes in the slam world, the poets might take things too personally, mm. and, and I and I'm. It's about love for me. So in a set wise, I could spread love and it's not so much intention or hostility in the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is a, it is a hostile environment in the slam world. Like slam, like it's so many different nuances with the slam that ah, the anxiety, you know, like I've been I've been to slams and uh, you got the different poets gathered around and everybody spitting their pieces and all that is it's it's just so much different nerves like like and i'm not a, i'm i'm one of them type of people when i before i perform like everybody get those jitters like but when i slam people wouldn't believe it but yo i'm like a nervous wreck inside before i before i before i spit the first word and once i spit that first word of my poem it just is like everything just leaves all the anxiety, all the, the the nervousness, everything just leaves. And I just go, I just lose myself. So, you know, I would definitely me personally, even though I have a, a history in slam, I would much rather, you know, I, I would much rather do sets and, you know, what I'm saying do shows and stuff because it's just so much more you can do as a, as opposed to slam. You kind of, you are restricted to the time frame you're restricted to the the theme of the slam you know you know what type of poetry you you're, you're able to do whether you could do a haiku or sonnet or things of that nature so it's just so many different things when it's when it's coming into the you know the slam world but i agree with you i would i would much rather do sets I would much well, rather do sets don't get it misconstrued no matter whether i'm on a set or i'm on a slam stage uh, and, and if any new poet is listening who's worried about stage fright and jitters, every poet to this day, from the beginner poet to the most professional poet, still gets those stage frights every time they touch the mic. It takes mm-hmm. for me to get through probably my first stanza and a half before I'm like, okay. <laughs> you know what I, I mean? But you. other than that, like, you gotta, in routine, you gotta close your eyes and forget people is there if that's what you gotta do, but everybody still gets that stage right. It's still there, regardless. Yes, yes, it's, it definitely is definitely there, you know what I'm saying? So some people think they can't do it because, like, how can you do that? Like, you can do it too. You just gotta just push past that fear, like, go through the door because you, everybody gonna get those jitters, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with boxing, you know? When you get in the ring, like, you got, you got jitters before you before you about to fight you know your skills you know what you can do but you still got those you know what i'm saying those pre-fight jitters and uh you can't get away from that but once you get in there and you get hit one time or you hit somebody then it, it all leaves you in the fight now you're there but uh 
I definitely, uh, you know what I'm saying? I agree, Queen, you know, with the aspect, the notion of if I had a choice, I would definitely, I would definitely go with the sets. I think the sets pay more anyway, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You get paid, you get paid more when you do your sets. <laughs> you get paid to show up and do your sets. Yeah, exactly. You. Slams is not, is, yeah, it's not guaranteed money. You know what I mean? <laughs> When I and go to the slab, I'll be like, money "You got to invest to play. You got to pay to play." Exactly, exactly, exactly. Those are the things, man. And so <laughs> that's not guaranteed bread, but them sets is guaranteed bread. So I'm, I'm gonna take them sets any day. But uh, uh we want to get into some more poetry. We want to get into some more your, your, your spoken word. So let me set the stage up for you again to come back and spit another piece. You need time? Anything? Or you, you, you ready right now? What what you want to hear is what right, that's what I'm talking about. That's the type of energy. That's the type of energy that drew me to you, man. I like that energy. Let's go. Oh, right. We're not on the album. <laughs> <laughs> All right, coming back to the stage. Let's give a warm, warm welcome for Mysterious. I've been locked up for years now. Matter of fact, nine. Strands intertwined, solitarily confined, numbers identifying a mistaken and now lost identity. And it's become quite clear to me that I'm grateful to be alive, even in solitary seas. Some call it singleese, but it's more like a box. But even this, even this is better than being on D-cell blockers. Bantu is that thick chick that leaves you and not see D-block is hot. But don't get it twisted. These two strands can do more damage than that lace. Enclosures, frontals, bang in the face. See, I went in clean. I was pulled, trained, threatened to never leave a trace. Time and spacey. I can hear her supporters yelling, free my nigga Kendra. But I'm only allowed monitor visits. Warden calls them treatments. Nothing special, just a little time on the yard. Some water be a good little wench and complete your sentence. No lawyer. No court date, jury or judge. Just be quiet and obedient until you hear something different. It's a one-way entrance. I'm locked up. They won't let me out. A fight broke out. I'm still in shock because someone cut me. Wish that I would die, but didn't expect for me to bleed. Angry when I was let out temporarily because I forgot how to breathe. How to just be. So now I'm just considered a repeat offender, but no one will tell me who I offended. Officers can't even tell me what my offense is as long as I'm blended. But when I'm out, when I'm free, I'm mismanaged and mistreated, greeted and holding with crack. But this time it's creamy, forcing me into a zombie-like state, expecting me to do magic as if I'm Houdini. And when that doesn't work, they use it as spice is hot and it's steamy. They burned me, wanting me to smile, shine and bounce. Others don't really want to be me. Nobody ever hears me shout. I have nightmares, mixed emotions, my own set of doubts, alone at lights out, and I'm always tied down. Never allowed to step out of line, not even the edge of my frown, alter the curls of my smile, leaving holes in my crown. How does it sound saying you are not me as if I don't matter? You onlookers, they whisper, they chatter, but mind your manners. I am her. I am she. I am your hair, incarcerated, yet free. 
Wow. Now, take us through this poem, man. Break this down. What inspired the piece? So this piece is actually about black women hair. Mm. All the things that we do to our hair um, to pull, to strain, to change, to abide by. Um, I nicknamed my hair inmate because I keep it braided. Mm. Um, so when you hear the kind of things like warden calls them uh, treatments, hot oil treatments, water wow. treatments. Um, <laughs> Uh, the the old free my nigga Kendra. That's actually the the Kendra is the name of my twin city partner. Her hair, so it, it's all a part of hair incarcerated hair. The creamy crack, mm. where they 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 I'm I'm ingredient and holding with crack, but this time it's creamy. We call it creamy crack. That's perming your hair. Mm. Expecting me to do magic, forcing me to a zombie like state as if I'm Houdini. They want me to smile, jump, and sprout. They use it. And when that doesn't work, when a perm doesn't work, they use it as a vice. It's hot and steamy, flatter. Mm. It burned me. A lot of people burning hair. Like it goes into all of the different things that we do to our hair. I think it's profound. And it's 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 such a it's such a topic, you know what I'm saying, that affects so many black women. Like me personally, I'm team natural. You know what I'm saying? Like I love a sister with natural hair. You know, and but I understand all of the different, you know, all of the different pressures that the black woman have in this society today about her hair. You know, and I, I remember like if you go back in history and you see, you know, when they had Conkalina, you know, if your hair is nappy, Conkalina will make it happy. You dig what I'm saying? And when you go back to like the 30s, the, the 40s and the 50s, where, you know, people were processing their hair to get that appeal of having straight hair like like the white man you dig what i'm saying so it was definitely something that was instilled into us as a form of of self-hate you know what i mean that we we started to hate the way we looked because we looked at other people as being successful or superior so naturally their image will be something that was singed in our minds as being the image of what beauty is and i think a lot of our sisters they they fall into that aspect of oh my hair gotta i gotta i gotta be able to flip my hair i gotta be able to you know like shake it and it moves and things of that nature but you know the black woman the black people in, in general just have superior, superior hair. You know what I mean? And it's a reason why your hair stands straight up. How our hair grows straight from our follicle and it stands straight up. Everyone else's hair, it grows out of their follicle and then it falls down. But our hair stands up. Now, the thing is, we're connected with the sun. And we're, we, you know, it, it's so, it, it's so deep. You know, all the beauty that the reason why we have kinky hair, the, we, the reason why we have the hair that we have is all things that are, are, are praiseworthy. But we look at these very same things and look at it as being something that's blameworthy and we hate ourselves for it. That's why we try to change it. You know, I don't think it's nothing more beautiful than a black woman in her natural hair, however it grow. You know what I'm saying? However it grow, it don't matter to me. You dig? Whether your hair is short, whether it's long, whether it's curly, whether it's kinky, it don't matter. I love that hair. It's just beautiful. And I think society is convinced or is trying to convince 
you know, black women that, oh, you got to invest all this money in your hair and your hair got to be this way. This is the only way you can be validated. And I think it's just wrong. So uh, shout out to you and kudos to you for, for writing a piece to bring that awareness of all the turmoil and the trials that the black women go through dealing with their hair. I know it's crazy. Thank you. And then, like the first line in that piece where I say, um, I've been locked up for years now. Matter of fact, nine, that's me telling the world, like, I've been on my natural hair journey for nine years. Mm. So that that's where that line comes from. That's me saying that's when I switched over. Now I, I was I'm locked up because I'm in braids transitioning. I'm in braids until I'm, mm. I'm in. So, I feel you. Yeah, it all goes to there. This connected. That's a dope piece, man. Like, like really, now that you broke it down as well, it's a dope piece. And I think it brings that that awareness. You know what I'm saying? Because that's what it is. It's the awareness to understand that. Look, because I think a lot of black women, they may think that black men don't accept them for their hair the way their hair grow that's why they think they got to get a bundle or they got to get some type of weave or something or a wig to cover up their natural hair but i'm here to tell you that black men like real black men love the natural woman's hair her natural hair it's beautiful whether it's in braids whether it's in bantu knots whether it's in twists it don't matter it looks beautiful your hair the way it grows on your head looks beautiful and I, and I can't iterate it enough for our sisters to understand that you don't need all those bundles and all that stuff. You really don't. You don't, you know. But uh, shout out to you one more time for bringing awareness to such a strong topic. But I wanted to ask you another question that we wanted. I wanted to get into. You need to break down to the people. What's this new web series you got coming out on youtube called put it in park like let us know what's going on with that put it in park with mysterious is a youtube special that i want to do um where and park stands for poetry and real knowledge Where basically i sit down and spit real knowledge and spit poetry to my audience it's also mobile meaning Put it in Park with Mysterious can have multiple locations. This could be poetry in motion. I could be doing a live cipher in the, in the parking lot with my poetry friends, and that's an episode. We can be on the highway, on the road, on the way to a slam, just doing cipher in the car, and that might be an episode. So Put It in Park with Mysterious gives a wide range for you to kind of see the background life a little bit of what a poet really goes through on this journey. Wow. You, it, that's funny <laughs> you said that. Like, Real talk, like, I, I'm a part of a group, right? I'm part of a group called The Composition. And we pretty much came on the scene back in 2012. 2012. 20, yeah, 2012, we, we pretty much came on the scene. And when we first came out, we had did this, this something similar to what you're talking about right now. It was called Off the Pen. Off the Pen. And, uh, I, guys that follow us I, I know you guys still remember You know what I'm saying It was like a, a mix <laughs> I want to call it like a skit show Maybe like Just just a day in the life of a poet You know what I'm saying Because we was a poetry band And we used to travel We used to you know Perform in different states And things of that nature mm -hmm. So we were recorded 
and we would have a little funny skits and all that stuff so you saying that i'm like wow it's reminiscent of off the pin when we had off the pin and i think that's a great idea i think it's a great idea that to, to have a a show where you got like a you know like a almost like a documentary but not really a documentary about what poets go through i think that's dope man i think that's dope and i think that's something that got viewed you know what i'm saying you can really get some viewers with that because um you know i think poetry in itself like the presence of poetry is 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 slowly is slowly making itself more mainstream we're not quite there yet you know we're not quite there yet but you know there's a strong online poetry presence and i think poetry is moving in the in the right direction i think it's moving in the right direction so you know like doing shows like that i think it pushes the envelope it pushes the envelope and it, it makes poetry something more talked about as just being something oh that you go to a cafe and you snap your fingers you know like show the real life aspects of poets like right now as we speak you know uh me and my team we're working we're working on a, a web series and different types of projects trying to push poetry more so to the forefront that we can use poetry as these alternative forms of entertainment you know because we and mm. I, i'm gonna stop you or interrupt you not to be rude but it's, it's a little deeper than that actually because a lot of the poets that i work with we we strive and we push and we advocate for mental health awareness mm. so this is more of the people understanding that us poets even though we're on stage being entertainment for a lot of people or we're on stage competing for money that you see that behind the scenes that we're still people and we're using this therapeutically as you see to maintain our mental health balance but at the same mm. time we not we don't look like what we're going through because when we're on their stage we're the we're the performers mm -hmm. but when we're off the stage people are still some some poets struggle to still struggle to feed their kids some poets are out here like myself i was smacked with epilepsy two years ago and i just now finding out that i have i'm a one percenter i have i'm the i'm the rarest person walking on the earth right now wow <laughs> and, and i'm finding out that you know um, there's so many things going on like people don't know and I'm gonna go ahead and say put it in a park where Mysterious is being released the same day of my brain surgery wow it, it, it's set up in a way so people can see this background yes I'm gonna actually put the vlogs from the testing that I went through through my epilepsy eventually into this series mm, I people think it's powerful <laughs> yeah the videos every day of what I went through through the testing and what it felt like or what the doctors are saying and all of that kind of thing because epilepsy is one of those silent things most people don't even talk about exactly like and so to get here and mm. I'm about to be on this stem stage I found out I had a hole in my skull and my brain is in my hole it's too big for my skull and it's in the hole now that is the rarest thing you could ever find wow wow and you just found out like two years ago? No, I found out about the whole like three weeks ago. Wow. A month ago. And I've been, but because stage life, and this is what Put It In Park comes in, stage life, I've had shows that were booked for over a year, over six months, three months. I had to stay consistent with my shows. I got to put these shows on and deal with this later. Wow, man. 
I mean, so uh, that's yo, that right there, man, is is powerful. I'm really, I'm really looking forward, and I'm, you know, I'm praying for you, sister, and I'm really looking forward, you know, to seeing this documentary, man. See to put to see put it in park. Like I'm really looking forward to this because I think, you know, for you to bring that awareness is something that's really praiseworthy, and um, like wow, man, like you really don't know what a person is going through and um i think a lot of times you know people don't know that poets suffer in silence you know like to like when you write from a place you know where where you draw so much hurt or you express so much hurt you know so many so many different trials and things i mean it's it's, it's just crazy you know, to think about it, when you see a person on stage, you say, yeah, wow, they're, they're an amazing performer, but you don't know in the in the background of their lives, like, what they're really going through, what it takes for them to get up on that stage and still spit that piece with that intensity, you know what I'm saying, when they're going through the, the shit that they're going through. And um, I think that's, I think it's profound. I think it's profound, man, and... um. I'm really looking forward to that and I'm really looking forward to seeing it blossom and grow. And I want to definitely be one of the supporters that support that. I think it's, it's, it's a praiseworthy thing. You know what I'm saying? Especially for the, the mental health awareness because that's something that's in our community that we don't talk about, period. You know? In the, the, the black community, you know, mental health is something that's swept under the rug. And I think a lot of us, we are dealing with things, you know, just just being raised in a certain type of society that that keeps you marginalized and things of that nature it just you know it does something and i think that in in our community we don't have that outlet to just freely speak about what's on our mind you know with men you know we don't want to be looked at as being you know oh we're crazy or we're not adequate and things of that nature you know and for women it's the same thing you oh or, I'm, or you don't want to be looked at as being hysterical or being out of your mind or insane. So it's something that we just shy away from. But shout out to you for coming and bringing that type of awareness, you know. And um, I think that's a dope thing, sis, for real. So. I mean, before, before getting smacked with epilepsy, that's what I, you know, that was kind of my passion was mental health awareness. I went to school for it. I worked in a mental health field, the uh, psychiatric hospitals and things of that nature. So uh, I actually have a piece. <laughs> it's upstairs, but it's patient in the chair. It's therapist. Or, or it's like you say, it's frowned upon men and I, men don't really feel like they feel soft or they feel weak and they have the, the appearance. But when is a therapist allowed to need therapy? Mm. So when I went into the field to become a therapist and then get smacked with epilepsy, I became my patient in my own chair. Wow. Wow. That's the, yeah. Advocating for it is more personal than people realize. Mm. That's profound, man. I'm really looking forward, man. I'm really looking forward to these projects that you're putting out. I think that you're a phenomenal artist, man. And I want people to get in tune to who you are you know y'all don't hear me though it's being streamed on all streaming platforms y'all please go check that out what other way we can support you um you can stream the album you can purchase my books uh shoot right now put it in uh purple with mysterious is happening as well um 
where there'll be a link dropping where you can get a purple with mysterious shirt um, shipped to you if you order it through Spirit Life. And it's, it explains what purple means in regards to epilepsy. Mm. Uh, and, it, and it's something that people are in doing in support of my brain surgery. Because I'm, I'm, I'm at part three, or what I call round three. Like you said, you was a boxer. Mm-hmm. I'm purple gloves, lace. We in round three. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, man. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, sis. Like, we here, and we, we want to support you. And um, you going through your surgery in November, you know, like, wow, man. That's, like, right around the corner. And um, my prayers is going out to you, man. And I'm, I'm going to be thinking about you, and I'm definitely going to be putting that positive energy in the atmosphere in regards to you, my sister. For real, man. For real. Like, I, I want to know, right? Because uh, we winding up at the end of the show. Because I want you to spit one more piece for us before you, before we, you know what I'm saying? You ain't going to get away that slick. You know what I'm saying? You try to just get out of here with two pieces. That's not going to happen. But, uh... <laughs> I want you to I want you to spit your final piece, man. But uh your books, I want you to also send me your link so when I when I do drop the podcast, when I air the podcast, I wanna put in the description, I wanna put the links to your books. So, you know, I know our, our, we already got the uh the y'all you don't hear me though. We got that, but I need those links to your books because I wanna put that also in your um in your what you call it, in order for the uh so people can just go and just purchase it. Are they on Amazon? No, they're actually on Lulu. On Lulu. Lulu. Yep. Um, I have a website. Actually, I'm gonna turn my camera off, please. I have a website. If you go to this website right here, okay. my book, you can connect through Lulu. And it, you just click on the link and it'll send you right where you can buy the books. All right. All right. So definitely, man, I'm gonna post all of that. I'm gonna post all that in the um in the description. When we when we air the uh when we air the podcast. But uh definitely, man, I think you're you are you're definitely an amazing artist, you know, and you inspire me. You definitely inspire me. When I caught your feature, the poems that you chose to spit on that feature I thought were phenomenal. And um it was full of inspiration. And I love the way you bring awareness in your pieces. I love the way that you you tackle issues that not this not just being talked about and you approach them at a different at a different angle. And I think that's dope. So uh, let me set the stage up for you. Let me set the stage up for you so you can perform your your, your finale piece, your finale piece. So let me set this stage up. So when you when you come, you know, what I'm saying you can perform this finale piece so coming back to the stage to perform her final piece let's give a warm warm welcome to mysterious Earth needs to be replenished, but you move on with the wind after you finished. Spark a flame you never cared to extinguish. Chaos from the fires that you ignited. Destroying trees from seeds that you planted. Choked and engulfed by the smoke. I take responsibility. Yes, I invited. But you somehow wanted sunshine, but wasn't even available to cast a shadow. 
I couldn't enjoy the breeze because you refused to slow. I even rolled down the window. So I took a pause to hear the birds singing. Instead, I heard a random hello. And that hello turned into me being invited to see the universe, reminding me that I could be free if I just use my tears to water and heal where it hurts. And I've always been whole, just a beautiful part of me needed to be refurbished. I heard this understanding shift across the room because no tears I ever shed stopped me from writing these poems and no failed relationship or lesson learned ever stopped me from growing. I'm here today knowing that maybe I'm not supposed to be. Death's been after my life since the day I was born and it's still chasing after me. Could be while my pop showed up to the delivery room with a handheld trophy. So hear me when I say I was born to win. Mm. So if my light shines too bright for you, grab some shades or find some shelter then. Because when the sun is shining, it never asks for permission. Listen, all I'm hearing is complaining about how my leaves fall. When it was raining, the drops was too loud for me to hear any non-existent concerned calls. When it dried up, it was too hot for you. And now you beg for once when I'm cold like ice. No, you so ungrateful and naive. You selfishly take up residency while simultaneously destroying me. Then look to me for rescue. How dare you? I bet you think this poem is about you. Don't you? Don't you understand there's a reason why I'm different? I move like a goddess. But this, this isn't even about me. This is a self-empowerment message. Love yourself and whole in whatever way that you wish. And if you don't remember anything else, remember this. You are perfectly imperfect-ish. A message from a series. Wow. In classic fashion. Oh my goodness, man. Like, that couldn't have been a better poem to end out with, man. Oh, my goodness, man. You went ham off that. And uh, damn, like, <laughs> if you were to leave on the on inspirational note, that's exactly how you do it. My, my sister, I, I, I really want to thank you. I want to thank you for taking the time to come, on the, to come on the show, come on the podcast, and be vulnerable, like, your vulnerability that you showed on this show is just is phenomenal. And um for you to come on this show and um to bear your to bear your soul and to bless us with your spoken word, you know, I applaud you. You know, I thank you so much, my sister. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate the invite. Most definite. Anytime, anytime, anytime. And in the in the future, when you got new projects coming out, you can definitely come on the Spoken Soul Sessions podcast and debut them. You know what I mean? When you got, like, especially when the Put It In Park, you know what I'm saying? When that come out, man, I definitely want to have you back, you know, if you're up to it to just, you know. Well, to- my calendar, like we talked before, is blacked out for healing. Because a lot of people didn't know why my calendar was blacked out, but it's blacked out for me to heal. So once I'm back up on my feet, um, there's a couple more projects dropping too. So yeah, y'all see me again. Definitely, definitely, man. You come back and I'm definitely, I'm going to blast you, man. I'm going to be your biggest supporter. And uh, because I want people to hear you. I want people to be connected with you because I think you have something to offer. You have substance in your work. 
Your words are beautiful and you're a beautiful person, man. And I thank you for taking this time to come out on the show and um and bless us, man. I know my audience appreciate it and I definitely appreciate it. We had little hiccups and all that, but we we, we pushed through everything and we still got it done. And uh it feels good. It feels good. You know, so I, any yeah. part any parting words you wanna leave, you wanna leave the people with? Uh, thank you for listening. Listen to the album. If you got Amazon Prime TV, Roku Crew TV, catch the the Gods and Goddesses Slim live and probably replayed October 13th through the 15th, Right of Joy Conference. If you ain't in KC, catch it online. I'm trying to tell y'all, be on the lookout. Ho, 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 hold on, back up, back up. You said, if you got what? You said Prime TV, you can catch the slam on it? Right. Right. If you got Amazon Prime TV or uh believe it's Roku TV, mm-hmm. you can catch the uh you can catch the Gods and Goddesses Slim Live. If you're not in Rockford, if you can't buy a ticket, you can't get out, you can watch us online. Oh, and I'm definitely gonna watch that Slam B because I got Amazon. I got Amazon. So I'm definitely gonna oh man, I'm glad you said that. I'm definitely going to watch that slam. I wanna see you do your thing, man. I'm be rooting for you. Straight up, so I need so, all the support. Most definite. So this is the this is. I thank you once again. No, thank you. I, I appreciate you for coming through. And uh, this is the part of the show when I when I address the audience and like your poem. I want to leave everybody with something inspirational. So if you're listening to the sound of my voice, I need you to get in tune. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, I need you to get in tune. Today, today is the day we live in our purpose. No more procrastination. It's time to go. Listen, never, never allow anyone to impede your progress. Every day is a fighting struggle and every day we're going to win. If you're listening to the sound of my voice, I need you to know one thing. If you don't know anything about me, know this. Know that I love you. And I hope, I hope you love me too. Peace.